we got three questions every time we went to a fire site. Are there really trees in Kansas? Kansas has a forest service and do you know Rodney? So that was the entire regional awareness of the Kansas Forest Service was Rodney and we, do we even really exist and do we even have trees? And uh, we've come such a long way from there that it's really awesome to see. Uh, yes, I do know Rodney. Yeah, we've got trees in Kansas, and we hope you have the pleasure of meeting Rodney if you haven't already. But the Kansas Forest Service is so much more than trees or any single person. I'm Cassie Wondersee, Communications Coordinator for the Kansas Forest Service and host of our podcast. Welcome to our very first episode. In this episode, we are going to explore what it means to be part of the Forest Service in Kansas with three members of our staff. Well, let's jump right in. Jason, do you mind starting us off? Sure, Cassie. Jason Hartman. I'm the Kansas State Forester. Been in that capacity only since December, but with the agency since April of 2005. I was a part of the fire program and came up through various forestry and wildland fire jobs in a couple other states before coming to Kansas. So happy to be part of the podcast today. Hi, Cassie. Uh, so Mark Neely, I'm the fire management officer within Kansas Forest Service. I've been here since July of 2018. Happy to be here and glad that it's all by voice and not visual. I <laughs> Hey guys, glad to be here. I'm Ryan Armbrust. I'm a forest health coordinator with Kansas Forest Service. I've been working here since uh, 2013. Um, do a number of things, I, I guess, within the realm of forest health, but uh, I'd like to wear a lot of hats and I'm fortunate to work for an agency that kind of lets me play around with a lot of different areas. Yeah, Bob Atchison, uh, I've been working uh, with the Kansas Forest Service since 1990. Um, previously, it was uh, in Arkansas with the Arkansas Forestry Commission, but uh, I uh, have really enjoyed my career with K-State and with the Kansas Forest Service and dealing with the unique issues uh, that we have regarding forestry and the Great Plains. Thanks everybody, happy to have y'all on the podcast today. So just really diving right in, you know, in this podcast, we're gonna explore our staff, what we do, our relations to each other and our natural resources and, and the people of Kansas and, and the other agencies we work with. Um, so what is it for you guys about natural resources, forestry, wildland fire that gets you excited about your work? I came in to get rich. Yeah. Money. Definitely yeah. money. That's what yeah. we're all here for. Bob, why don't yeah. you go ahead? I can, I can see okay. the wheels turning. Well, um, yeah, and, I, and you may just want to, you may just want to ask one of us, Cassie, because we're so shy here at the Kansas Forest Service. <laughs> Okay. Um, we don't want to step yeah. on each other. Yes. Um, so, um, yeah, so I'm a second generational forester like, like Jason, you know, and so, uh, so it was interesting for me to uh, end up back in Kansas back in 1990 uh, to, uh, to try that forestry hat on again in, in a prairie state where people really are wondering what the heck you're doing here. And uh, like I said in the introduction, you know, that's part of part of our job, you know, continually explaining that on a daily basis. I uh, work in the rural forestry realm, uh, which involves both civil culture and agroforestry in, in Kansas. 
I think I've been drawn to this uh, career and it has grown for me and the, uh, the number of years I've worked here and my passion for it uh, based upon the obvious resource concerns that we have here in Kansas associated both with, uh, both with erosion, soil erosion, water erosion, water quality, water quantity, um, as well as uh, the bit we provide from a timber product standpoint. At this point, I've kind of become uh, somewhat of an administrator in trying to solve bureaucratic problems associated with uh, providing services to our people, I think is some of our greatest challenges in government, uh, frankly, you know, and um, even though for some people it's very distasteful, uh, I've come to find joy in circumventing bureaucracy uh, without crossing the lines too far so that we can indeed serve the people that we're called to serve. And that is sometimes quite the challenge, you know, to, uh, to be able to do that. But there's also a dirt forester in me and, uh, and I love being in the woods, especially this time of year. I love, uh, I find God there. I find creation uh, to be something that I'm called to serve as well as the people uh, of Kansas. And um, so that's, uh, those are things that continue to motivate me as I become a senior person in this outfit. So how about you, Ryan? What gets you excited about your work? Like most things about me, I guess, is informed by the way I was raised, which I'm sure is similar story to everyone else. You know, I was raised on a farm. Uh, full disclosure, that farm was in Nebraska. So I am one of these rogue Nebraskans working here uh, for Kansas, but I, I do love it down here. But uh, I love the seasonality and how things change. Uh, that's something I was raised with. You know, sometimes you cut hay, sometimes you feed cows. Sometimes you fix equipment. Sometimes it's all those things in the same afternoon. Um, but what you end up doing every day looks a little bit different. And I really appreciate that about my job here is that uh, even if it's just responding to, uh, you know, landowners or, or folks calling in with sick tree questions, what that looks like is different, uh, you know, in, uh, in January versus in July versus in October. And it's really, um, I don't know if I want to say fun for me, but I really enjoy how that changes and you can anticipate some of it. And the more you, you do this, the better you get at getting out ahead of some of these things. And you know that, uh, for instance, if we do some good outreach with some folks in, you know, April or May about, uh, you know, start looking for bagworms, we know we're going to be able to, to solve that problem. And, and we'll get maybe fewer phone calls about what do I do about the bagworms that are destroying my trees in the middle of summer. Um, and that, that changes um, every year. So there's a cyclical nature to it that we can sort of expect some of the same things come back every year. Um, but I think, uh, I'm sure I, what, I, what I'm saying here is resonating with some other folks too, but I, I think as we, we go through that year by year, we, we see sort of um, our, our own agency and our own individual nature. We, we get better at this and we get better at helping people. And that's extremely gratifying for me. You know, the, the trees, um, are out there and uh, and doing good things for people, and the more we can learn about it, the what's what's going to keep those trees from bringing all those benefits to the people and remove thresholds uh, or remove sort of barriers to to those things happening. Um, you know, it, it serves all of us better. And it's extremely uh, gratifying, at least where I sit, to be able to to see us all making some progress and getting better at that and and getting more out of out of our trees and a few happier people. You know, it's there's some big big problems to overcome and when it comes to growing 
growing trees in a prairie state, you know, there, there's going to be challenges, but I don't think any of us are here because we shy away from challenges. We all kind of enjoy that working in that realm, I think. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. So Mark, you know, what, what gets you excited about your work every day? One is it's been a career, so it's just not like an each day excitement. It's something that all of us is kind of dedicate our life to. I was a little bit different. I'm from Ohio and, uh, it was more of an urban setting for me growing up, but I was a latchkey kid also, so I had a lot of time on my hands. Not far away, there was some. There was the woods and a river, um, and I. That was where we spent a lot of our time. You know, a tree could have been anything from a, you know, a castle to a submarine to a place to, you know, get away from the perceived wolves that were chasing us, and you know, resource to build a bridge across the river and. Um, and so, man, I had a lot of memories and that's just something I carried forth, uh, when I got into college and, and I can't say I, I went to school to know to be a forester. I went to school for natural resource management, but, and I did, I graduated and I've been a a agronomist. I've been a, a fish and wildlife biologist, um, a park ranger, an interpretive ranger, forester, and now the fire management and so that all that kind of lends to me being excited about facilitating change, hopefully for the better. And uh, that kind of what drives me now is we've got some good momentum with the fire program. Um, there has been a solid foundation built for a lot of years, and and now the you know in the past few years some of the stars have aligned and allow us to make some really good progress and move forward with the program. And, and that's what drives me now is seeing, you know, what we're doing, that, that momentum, what we want to accomplish and actually making steps towards that. And sometimes there's setbacks, but you know, that's with every job. Um, I will side with Bob. There's a lot more administrative and bureaucracy stuff at times. Um, and that can be as frustrating as anything, but you know, at the end of the day, I think I shared this earlier, but you know, we just had a fire last um, week. It was down in Barber County, same location that we had one of our historic fires. And uh, this year, we were able to send a, a contract tanker down there. Well, somebody posted on Facebook, one of the firefighters in that area, when they took a picture of the tanker and they said we were, you know, the caption was, we were so relieved to see this show up in the air. You know, that's what that's what enables me to have the continued passion to continue working towards progress on that. I mean, that's awesome. That's at the end of the day, that's what we want to do is make it easier for folks um, to fight fires, to promote uh, fire as a land management tool in the state. Um, and so that, that's what drives me. It's awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. How about you, Jason? What gets you excited to, to come be our fearless leader every day? Yeah, so to focus more on the now, I mean, because a lot of my how I got here would echo a lot of what's been shared by the other staff, but that's that's what is really cool where I'm at now is, I mean, you can just, this is just three of the staff and yourself included, Cassie, you can just, you can hear the excitement and enthusiasm and the dedication that comes and just being the person that gets to try to make their jobs easier the best I can and make sure they have the tools they need to fulfill the, the drive and the passion they have for the work they do is that's that that's what's uh, really cool about where I'm at now and what I hope to be able to continue to do. You know, Jason, it's really the same for me. 
the people we work with are what gets me excited about my work every day. I get to try new things and I get to take the staff along with me in that as they're maybe pushed a little out of their comfort zone. You know, whether it's with this podcast that we're recording via Zoom as we're all working remotely during this COVID-19 pandemic, or if it's getting Mark Neely to do a Facebook Live update about fire weather. Live portion of that stuff, Cassie, is what, Mm -hmm. that's the nervous, I mean, I joke to my wife, I'm like, hey, you know, it's live now, it's being broadcast to the dozens of people that will watch it, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but when we record stuff, you can at least go back and say, okay, Mark, stop rocking on your heels, or repeat the question before you answer it. When it's live, I don't remember all that stuff, so... That's the nerve-wracking part. Yeah, you did a great job. And the rest of the staff is is going to uh, maybe be a little annoyed with you because now I'm going to start asking everybody else to do it. Because if Mark can do it, then so can the rest of our staff. So, um, you know, I think this kind of segues well into to our next kind of topic of conversation here about why everyone was drawn to the Kansas Forest Service. Um, you know, I know I've been here about a year and a half. And when I first took my job, the biggest thing I heard from, from friends and family when I told them that, yeah, I work for the Kansas Forest Service, like I start. And I, what drew you all to working for the Forest Service in, in a prairie state where most people don't think about trees? So uh, I came into it a little bit sideways. I worked for Nebraska Forest Service before this, which was was great. And I enjoyed it. I mean, that was where I was from. And I I uh, decided I wanted to go to grad school, so I came down to K-State for grad school, and uh, long story short, I ended up finding out that the, you know, it was difficult to be a married grad student and, and make the ends meet, so I uh, saw a job posting with Kansas Forest Service, and having been familiar with Kansas Forest Service from my time in Nebraska, because historically, um, the Great Plains states do have a good working relationship, I thought, you know, uh, yeah, I, I'd like to go work there. That'd, that'd be a place I'd love to work. I had a really good impression of them. Um, even though most of the people I'd worked with in the past was mostly Tim McDonald coming up to Nebraska to to joke around with some of the staff up there. And if anybody's met Tim, they'll know that's a that's a good natured joke. Um, I love Tim. He's a good guy. But uh, I thought, man, if, if a guy like that, who's just passionate and, and funny and a little bit irreverent uh, can, can work and get a lot done, that that's an agency I'd like to work for. And when I met a lot of the folks who I, I found out had shared passions, um, and really just a bunch of tree and natural resource nerds just trying to get good work done. Um, I thought, yeah, this is a good group of folks. And uh, boy, seven years later, it seems like it's been only a few weeks. And uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. And I think part of that fun is the diverse challenges that come at us all the time um, that we all meet with such a, um, you know, I feel such a great sense of camaraderie and teamwork uh, with all these folks we get to work with. Uh, even yourself included, Cassie, when you make those asks of saying, hey, you want to do a, a social media thing that's going to be outside your comfort zone? I think there's a there's a certain level of trust among our agency where when someone else, uh, even our communications person, when someone else asks us if we want to do something, the assumed answer is, yeah, because it's probably, it's probably going to be good. And we all grow a little bit when we get outside our comfort zone. So Ryan, are we like Tim or not? We liked him. We just don't like his jokes. No, are we like him? Or was, did you get here and find we're all like him or not? No, and everyone's different, and that's good. If everyone was the same, that'd be tough. <laughs> I mean, we we certainly don't need more than one of me running around, and I don't think our agency would benefit if we had seven Jasons and four Bobs and three Marks. Uh, even though we may have a lot of people who happen to have the same first name, I think part of our, our diversity of, of different personalities within the state office, within the 
all the field offices, uh, gosh, that's a great thing that we, we meet all kinds of different needs with how, how different each one of us is individually. So I, I really like that. I like that it's not a sort of uh, monolithic, uh, everyone needs to have the same sort of personality uh, sort of organization. Yeah, so Jason, I can see you smiling there through our Zoom video. And I mean, you're the one that gets to, to herd all the cats, as it were, within the, the Forest Service. So, I mean, what's, what's that like for you? Why were you drawn to the Forest Service and, and now being in a fairly new position for you as our, as our state forester? What motivated you to pursue that? Sure, I was, uh, I was working in Missouri and I mean, the job was okay. I was working with a, a gentleman there that one of his favorite sayings that I respected a lot was, you know, I had a job when I got this one. So saying, you know, don't be, look, don't be waiting until you need a job before you start looking for your next opportunity. Um, and none of the current staff take that advice at all, please. <laughs> but that was something he, he instilled in me. Um, and I think he just did that because I was young and he knew I needed to be making sure I was looking for what was going to happen, whether it be with that agency or a different one. So I was kind of looking and saw an opportunity with the Kansas Forest Service. Um, and the, that particular opportunity was in Wildland Fire, where at the time I was kind of like our district foresters. I did a little bit of everything, a little bit of landowner assistance, a little bit of inventory, a little bit of timber sales, a little bit of urban uh, and fire. And the opportunity to go strictly into fire and, and focus on that was another reason I came over to the agency. And uh, like Bob mentioned, I was a second generation Kansas forester. My dad was with the U.S. Forest Service out in the Elkhart, Kansas, National Grasslands of Cimarron. And so it was a little bit of a homecoming, closer to family as well. Nice. How about, how about you, Mark? What, what drew you to the Kansas Forest Service? Um, so I, you know, I... I worked out at Fort Riley, which is very close to here, um, for close to 20 years. And when our fire program started growing, um, it was about the same time Jason and, and Eric came on. And we, and so we, they came over and gave some training and stuff. And that was really my first exposure to K, the KFS, even though I went to school at Kansas State University and in natural resource management, um, it was parks and resource conservation or some funny name like that back then. But as close as that relation was, I, I didn't even know about Kansas Forest Service at that point as a college student that was four blocks away. Um, and then I got exposed to Jason, Eric, and I was kind of, not kind of, I was envious of their positions because they just always had a more uh, far reaching uh, responsibility and effect on others. You know, Fort Riley, we had 101,000 acres and and that was the extent of uh, my exposure to make change. Well, and then through the years, I got to know Ross and others. Um, in 2018, things just kind of worked out that uh, I had probably grown the fire program at Fort Riley and it needed another boost of change. And then, um, KFS was hiring and uh, it was a shorter commute. Maybe that's what drove it. I, I saved about 17 <laughs> off of my one way drive time each day. But, um, and so, yeah, it worked out. I uh, talked to Jason, Eric, and Rodney and the fire staff to see if they would be comfortable if I applied. And they were all open to it and went to Ross's, my predecessor, his going away party. And one of the reasons I did it was you can usually kind of feel out the camaraderie of a staff by, 
those type of settings, those parties. If people are standoffish or if they're just kind of watching the clock until they can leave the party. And Ross's party was nothing like that. There was friendship. There was laughter. Um, and it, it made me really enthused about the potential of working for Kansas Forest Service. And, and I have found out it's that with our, in our agency, the, the camaraderie is uh, probably second to none, at least in my career. Um, there's very good working relationships with everybody and within the agency. Okay. How about, how about you, Bob? What drew you to the Kansas Forest Service? Well, um, I started my career, as I said earlier, in Arkansas with the Arkansas Forestry Commission. And that experience was exclusively with state forestry as a separate state agency within uh, the government of Arkansas. So there was no uh, direct association with a university like I had experienced with my father's career at K-State. Uh, I knew the advantages of being associated with a land-grant university and the connections that that made with research and the plethora of uh, specialists that you have at a university setting. And uh, they, those folks were not available to me in Arkansas. I mean, uh, uh, we were down, way down on their list, uh, uh, if you ask a request from a, from a research uh, institution. So, um, the connection with Extension and other agencies was strong in Kansas. And uh, those were things that, uh, that drew me to uh, apply for a job with Kansas State University with, uh, back then it was K-State Research and Extension or K Kansas State Extension Forestry, excuse me. Um, and uh, which was direct, directly associated with research and extension back then. Well, we still are. I mean, we've had, we've had a name change, but that's really been what it is uh, um, sent during my tenure. So Bob, remind us, how many years have you been with the Kansas Forest Service? Well, since 1990. So whatever, that's, what is it? 30 some years now. So yeah, yeah Bob, a long I, time. I don't want to... Uh, point anything out here but I was born in 1990. Oh that's okay. You can, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've it's come to my attention uh, over the years that I'm working with people that are my my daughter's age and yeah. uh, so on and so forth and yeah. that I tell I tell you what that has been a lot of fun. That is yeah. one thing I because I started I started with old codgers you know and uh, and now uh and now you see uh, you see these wonderful young people on our staff that have so much energy and and have so much smarts that they're bringing on that uh, that that has been another joy for me, frankly. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I just sit back and enjoy that. I I wish I could engage in it more, but you know, you are what you are. So yeah. I, I'll be bring to that game what I can. Yeah, be careful what you wish for, Bob. This Facebook Live thing's going to go around and it'll come to you. It'll be to you sooner than you think it might. So, um, but you know, that, that really brings me to the next point that I want to talk about. And Bob, maybe you've seen the greatest evolution of this um, across the agency is really looking at our mission and our direction as an agency. Um, so I just want to read that out loud real quick. Um, so for our mission, it's care of natural resources and service to the people through forestry. 
And I think in the last six to eight months, we've kind of added on to the end of that and wildfire protection. So Bob, that that mission, that driving force behind our agency, um, how does that influence your work or or the way you think about the work that you do and the way you lead your program area? The service part of our mission is central to our people. Uh, That's been my experience. Uh, Whatever that is about, people that seem to be drawn to forestry, uh, to wildland fire, uh, they're people who are uh, generally focused on serving others. That is uh, what I've seen is most important to our people. Now, sometimes that doesn't always translate to our public as well as as I would like, but that's simply because uh, we're like any government agency, we have limited resources. And when you have some of our field foresters covering over 20 counties, providing, serving multiple programmatic areas and providing one-on-one service, technical service to these people, um, we are just not gonna be able to, uh, to get to everybody like we'd like to. But um, my experience has been the people that we are able to serve are generally very pleased with uh, their engagement with our agency because of what I've just described, because of that heart of service. And uh, in regards to the evolution you're talking about uh, mm-hmm. or that you ask about, um, what I have seen change, and I think uh, I think really for the better of the agency is I've seen our fire program uh, really become a, a strong and prominent program within the agency. And um, I don't think it always was that. And uh, I think it is now. And I think because of that, um, it's going to continue to uh, help us evolve and grow as an agency and be recognized by our other natural resource colleagues uh, as uh, a really important partner as we continue to use that as a natural resource management tool, both on grassland and, uh, and in our woodlands. Uh, as well as defend, you know, the first and foremost thing we do, which is provide safety and, and prevention to the people of the state, you know. Yeah. yeah. Mark, do you want to speak a little bit about that that mission for you and, and service as the, the state fire management officer? This past year, this state fiscal year, we were able to get some fire funding, wildland fire management suppression funding from the state uh, as a line item to Kansas Forest Service. And which then allowed us to take the things that the the folks that uh, were part of the fire program for many years were trying to do just to escalate those efforts. Um, This allows us now to, uh, like we'll take for instance, uh, Aaron is our Southwest District Fire Management Officer. And previously our folks were lined up just here in Manhattan. We had three fire folks in Manhattan and one in Reno County at Hutch. Well, that still was not uh, a very efficient way to get training to people in the Southwest or the Northwest. Aaron is now in the Southwest. So he's able to provide training to volunteer fire departments on their schedule, uh, on their turf. And um, and that just allows us to be more responsive to the needs of those fire departments. Um, he's there in the area now. If there is a larger fire, it's not a six-hour response time or a four-hour response time. Aaron is within the area, um, and he can help if requested from the locals to help with uh, 
incident management or resource management. Um, and that's just, it's allowed us to, to really have a more influence and effect on the training on volunteer fire departments and even the paid departments. Now we've seen a, a big increase in Wichita and Kansas City and Poria, um, just larger fire departments that weren't in wildland before. Now they're getting some training through us. Um, and so you combine all that and you take all that training that's being delivered. That's a pretty large workforce of uh, fire state that now have good experience and good knowledge to help fight these larger wildfires when and if they do occur. So Jason, how about you? Um, you know, what does that, that service through, through forestry look like for you? So uh, yeah, that, how I've seen it change in my time here um, and even being mostly in the fire program for most of it, I think it, it's gone from a one-on-one service uh, being whether it's a district forester and landowner or in my previous job where I'd work with a particular fire department or a city group on uh, their preparedness or their prevention program. Um, those are aspects that are always going to be there. We're always going to have those staff members that go out and impact a individual group um, or individual entity or an individual landowner or a firefighter. Uh, that's always going to be part of it. But what I've seen a, a move towards or a shift towards as we're partnering with um, like Ryan partnering with the Department of Agriculture on um, invasive pests and, and health and disease issues or the fire program partnering with uh, the fire marshal's office, the National Guard, uh, or uh, the partnerships we've developed recently with uh, Division of Conservation and our uh, water quality efforts in the rural forestry program. Uh, we're, we're transitioning to being more of a player in statewide efforts where our staff is impacting the entire state with their work rather than that one-on-one being pretty much the sole focus, which, I, like I said, it'll always be there. It'll always be part of what we do, a very important part of what we do. Uh, but just really exciting to see that uh, addition, I guess, of being partners in statewide broad stroke programs to impact the conservation and, and management of the state. Thank you, Jason. And thanks also to Mark, Ryan, and Bob, who joined us on our very first episode of the Kansas Forest Service podcast today. Next month, airing on May 12th, we'll continue to explore the idea of service and forestry with our wildland fire program, where we're really going to focus on the idea of the wildland urban interface and what that looks like in our rural Kansas communities. Thank you for joining us for the first ever episode of the Kansas Forest Service podcast. We'd really appreciate it if you would rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends. Until next time, be sure to go take a walk in the woods. Thank you.